Hello, welcome back to the Lean Back Podcast. I'm your host, Camille Smith. I am super, 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 super excited to be talking to our guest today. Um, fun fact, I actually wanted him on the podcast when I first started it back in December of 2020. For those listeners that have actually been with me since then, shout out to y'all. I'm super, super excited to be welcoming on Tayo. Tayo is a Nigerian native. He began his career in civil engineering and soon shifted his focus to follow his passion of photography, a medium through which he explores and celebrates human life and experiences via captivating imagery and visual storytelling. I actually don't totally know... Uh, initially how I found you I feel like I found you through maybe like the explore page um and funny like fun fact the listeners of course can't see but I have your photo on my wall my wall is currently no blurry to you um but I like saw it and I like I don't know I like love photography but I feel like I was never like I don't know like truly moved like by something I saw like that like I would hear people talk about art and I'm like yeah like that's cool like I like mm-hmm. I can see the allure um, but I saw the photo and I think I DM'd you like immediately. And I realized after the fact that we had had mutuals and then after the fact that you went to school in Philly and I was like, oh, I feel like I should look, you know, who this is. Um, it's crazy. So I say all that to say this has been a long time coming. And for the listeners, you are in for a treat. I already know. Um, so, again, initially, Tayo, thank you for being here, for creating space, because I know that you're busy. But to give me and our listeners a point of reference, we are going to start off with four initial questions to kickstart our conversation. Are you ready? <laughs> what does being Black mean to you? Or being Black to me means being resilient. means being unique. It means being the blueprint. Um, it also means, like I said, having that tough skin and having that extra layer of kind of oomph that you have to have when you go into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what being, being Black means to me. So during your life, if you can recall, when was kind of the first time you realized that you're a Black? I feel like a lot of people can kind of unfortunately pinpoint when they realize like, okay, I am Black or being Black has a meaning or I might be perceived as different from other people. So do you have a memory like that? Yeah, um, I don't think I've actually ever been asked this before, but you know, growing up in Nigeria, I never knew I was black because, you know, you don't really know that in a society where everyone else looks like you. So growing up here in, um, I grew up in New Jersey, growing up in New Jersey, that's definitely where I started to realize not only was I black, but I was African because I grew up in a time period where it wasn't uh, cool to be African. You know, it wasn't cool having the name that I had, having the culture that I had. So I realized very early on that I was different. I remember my earliest memory was a culture day in, I believe, like second or third grade, where, you know, you're supposed to wear something that's representative of the culture that you come from. And coming from Nigeria, you know, we have long traditional garbs that men wear that as a child, you know, could be confused as a dress. And wearing that to school that day, um, I had so much pride coming in. And within the first two minutes of being in that classroom, I already had so much regret, so much um, insecurity, so much shame almost mm-hmm. of being where I, from where I was from because I was just ridiculed immediately. Um, so that would definitely be the first early memory that I have of being not only Black, but also being like African. Right. Kids are so mean. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, but, now, I feel like... but now it's lit. You know? Right, right. Now it's lit. Um, 
And we're and we're going to talk about that too. You were born in Nigeria. You moved Correct. to the states and grew up in. Are you like North? Or do you consider Central Jersey a thing? South Jersey? <laughs> Where? Yeah. So, grew up in North Jersey, um, Bloomfield, which okay. is near near North. Um, yeah. But then after a few years, moved to Central Jersey, okay. which people say it doesn't exist, but it does. A lot of my um, family lives in Central Jersey, so when I heard like that discourse, yeah. I was like. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I'm near Princeton. If oh. Okay. Cool. You know where that is. Yeah. Yeah. Plainsboro. So mm-hmm. that's where my family currently lives. Okay. Um. Yeah. Do you actually have legitimate memories from living in Nigeria and like knowing, like feeling the difference? Of course, like you knew that everyone like kind of like looked like you, but like moving to Jersey, how was it actually growing up there? Um. I do have bits and pieces. You know, I moved. I moved when I was six, so I was still very young. Okay. okay. Um. But I do have photos and I do remember, you know, my early, early childhood friend, um, Rotimi, who, you know, was like her, our families were close. So naturally we were close. Um, I do have, you know, those early memory, memories of primary schools, what we called it, basically like elementary school, mm-hmm. the uniforms I wore um, and the the duplex, which is what it was called because I lived next to um, my brother's dad, my uncle and his family. So it's, it's, you know, chopped and screwed in some ways, but I do have early memories of that period of time of me being in Nigeria um, and a lot more memories of growing up in New Jersey, um, a lot more memories of uh, school here. Um, like I said before, you know, it had to be resilient. So luckily I didn't fold under the, the difficulties I had, you know, moving through the school system here. Um, as an immigrant, as someone assimilating to a new culture, um, with a family system that was very stuck in that previous culture that we came from, you know, mm-hmm. so it was like juggling, juggling both. Um, so it definitely led to a very interesting childhood, for sure. You grew up in Jersey, and then where did you actually go to school? Like, where did you go? Where did you go to college? I went to I went to college um, in Philly, Drexel okay. University. So yeah. from Jersey to Philly, did we see, did we like it better in Philly? Like, was it kind of like the same experience from Jersey? Um, so, you know, towards the end of high school, I definitely started to, I want to say towards the end of high school, it was more so freshman year of college that I really kind of just came into myself or started to come into myself. A lot of experimentation, both good and bad. Um, but Philly was a place where I definitely started to know my identity and really know who Tayo is, you know, didn't fully get that full picture, but I definitely started to chip away at the canvas. I started to really form um, the, the, the portrait of the man that's sitting down here and to really get to know that person. And, you know, I would say it Philly was one of the most um, pivotal eras of my life um you know there were so many things that happened again both good and bad experiences I had that you know really shape and really molded me into the person I am now so I definitely wouldn't trade it for anything now would I do I go back to Philly as often no unfortunately Um, (laughs) I was gonna say definitely have not keep you been here (laughs) yeah 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 I haven't been back to Philly in a while unfortunate that we you know lost you know the Super Bowl as well but it's still yeah, I know, I know, I know, but I was, it's, it's, it's an amazing city where it was filled with so much culture 
that I didn't really get to experience growing up in New Jersey mm-hmm. and also growing up in a predominantly was like I'll say predominantly white neighborhood um so I was definitely exposed to a lot more which I was grateful for so now you've come into yourself and you can kind of like sit at the top of this mountain and kind of like overlook like your previous life and the different experiences that you've had do you have any advice that you would give to your younger self oh man I always prepare for this kind of question, you know, um, and now the, the answer is escaping me. But I think something that I would tell my younger self is to focus on you, you know. Um, I think that I put so much weight on what other people told me. And that was because I didn't really know myself. And it's hard to know yourself at that age. You know, it's hard to you don't know anything so it's really hard to know what you know about yourself what you like about yourself what you don't like about yourself because you're still growing you're still developing at a much faster speed than I would say I do now um but the one thing I would tell my younger self is to really just focus on yourself you are amazing just how you are you know um and you don't need to mold or conform yourself to to fit someone else's narrative of what they think you should be Um, that might be a little complex for teenage me to understand but (laughs) that'd be the that'd be the advice I'd give right and I think in doing this podcast and having conversations with people I feel like that's always there's always a theme of like ah like you'll be okay like don't worry about whatever everyone else is doing that was it Um, actually you'll be okay (laughs) yeah because I I mean looking back at me in high school I similarly like grew up in a primarily white area I was the only black girl in my class as a whole um and I was just so just fixated on what everybody else was doing and I already knew that I was Mm -hmm. different so I literally did not have the ability to replicate what they were doing which added Mm -hmm. an additional stress onto it so if I again could just be like ah like it's really fine it's <laughs> relaxed. It'll be all right. Yeah. It's cool. Relax. Um okay, so you went to college in Philly. You studied civil engineering. Did you already did you know that you wanted to do civil engineering? Kind of how did you get to that space? Yeah, so um my late grandfather was a civil engineer and I had you know one of the first um trips I ever took out of the country ever since moving to the US was to go back to London with him. He paid for a flight for me to go to London to spend time with him and my grandmother for a summer, for a month in my summer. And that was the first time I really had to really get to know them in like my older age. Cause you know, I moved that when I was six, they would come visit sparingly for, you know, maybe a week or two at a time. But being so young, there was just a lot of conversations that I was, I didn't have the intellectual cap- capability to have until later in high school. And that summer is when I truly learned my grandfather, grandfather, grandparents, learned their story, learned their history, learned their journey through life, you know, and, you know, he was t- telling me about his profession as a very prolific engineer. And that kind of just struck a nerve in me again. At that age, you don't really know what you want. You don't know what to get out of life. You don't know what life is going to be like. So I always find it weird when, you know, 18-year-olds are cho- are forced to choose, make a decision that's going to really impact the rest of their lives. 
at an age where they don't know anything about themselves. Right. <laughs> so I really just took a shot in the dark and used the knowledge and information that he had imparted on me during that trip to, you know, say like, all right, you know, I'm good at math. I love architecture. I love the buildings. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, civil engineering, why not? That could, that could be a good fit. Okay. <laughs> Little did I know though. <laughs> right. I was going to say too, I feel like also that's a common narrative for a lot of engineers. Everyone's like, oh, like I was decent at math in high school. So I just thought maybe, you know, this would Exactly. <laughs> that's a lot more though. <laughs> yeah. A lot more. And you find out yeah. very quickly after your class. Exactly. Um, exactly. But in school, when, when did you, when did you, your love for photography come from and how did you kind of start realizing, okay, maybe this is actually what I want to do. Like walk me through the journey of like, when you actually realize like maybe again, civil engineering is cool, but maybe I want to go a different route. So I actually didn't realize that in college. It wasn't until okay. post-college um, or post-grad, but I developed my hobby for photography very randomly. You know, um, I was big into Tumblr um, high school into college and I kind of I actually kind of fell off of Tumblr when I got to college because I just started, you know, getting into a lot of other things. But one thing about Tumblr that really captivated me was the imagery on the on the platform, um, especially because it was all, most of it was professionally taken. Um, and I remember being so captivated, especially by like photos of fashion weeks, New York fashion week, Paris fashion week, um, and just the street style during those, you know, fashion uh, fashion weeks and fashion shows and one year I asked for a camera for my birthday and it was my 21st birthday I got this you know very elementary you know um amateur camera camera and I was like you know what I wanted to start taking images that you know take me back to that time when I was on tumblr like the images I, I saw and it was really just to take photos of family friends myself um just to have quality imagery that like, you know, like my iPhone, what is it? iPhone four or whatever I had back yeah. then, you know, couldn't capture. And from there, I just started to, you know, use it as really an outlet from my coursework. That was very, you know, strenuous and very heavy. It was photography was, you know, my release. It was a place where a space where I could really just, be free you know I didn't know anything so it was like very um explorative for me I could try and experiment new things and you know st again started doing like photos at church with you know church fam that I had you know when we would put our on art put on our Sunday's best and then that would translate into um me doing photo work for my chapter on campus for you know my fraternity um, then campus events, then graduations, and it just starts to like snowball, you know, slowly but surely into something bigger. You get the camera when you're 21. You're initially just, you know, again, taking photos of people, just really playing around with cameras because of this initial, you know, interest that you had. You graduate college, and I feel like once you graduate, at least for me, and granted, I did graduate in 2020, so like the pandemic did add a little bit of oh, more sheesh. like confusion. Yeah. Um, but still graduating college is like kind of scary because like you have 
these four years that you're with these people and your close proximity. And it's like, honestly, really cool. Like I understand the concept of people saying like, it's the best four years of your life. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best four years, but like, it's a, it should be, you know, a good four It's pivotal, years. yeah. And then, you know, you graduate, you're trying to find a job. So what, where in all of that space of most likely anxiety of trying to figure what out, like what the next step is that you're still like, okay, like I still like photography. Like, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, um, so I actually was at Drexel for five years because of the Okay. co-op program. Right. So there's a co yeah, so I was there for five years. Okay. Because of co-op, I graduated with a year and a half experience, So nice. which enabled me to actually have an offer lined up before my graduation. So nice. So that, yeah, really blessed, um, truly, truly blessed. So, you know, I kind of had that like, release of anxiety for my whole second the whole second half of my senior year once that offer was accepted signed sealed delivered which in turn led me to just do a lot more personal projects with photography in my final six months of senior year that translated through that summer where I continued just taking photos for fun you know my summer my last summer before um you know Where corporate life started um so i'm that's when i moved down to the dmv maryland first and when i moved i immediately was my first goal first order of business was to get tapped into the creative community there you know start to meet models that were in the town start to um get connected with the photographers there you know the local businesses and brands that were there because i wanted to just start shooting i want to start working wanted to start developing my photography um again not necessarily because i saw it as a possible avenue of profession but more so i just it developed it for now it developed into a passion more than just a hobby it was something that i wanted to do you know i wanted to just continue shooting and that was what i did when i moved to uh, maryland just started meeting people started you know working with different people every weekend i would try to set something up or just find somewhere new find a new dope location that i could you know possibly have a shoot in the future um so again i was just really just exploring and being being open with with the art So was there ever a point that you started to prioritize taking photos over work things? um not for a few years Okay. yes So my first year working, I pushed everything to the weekend for sure. Um, I, you know, fresh out of college, I definitely still was trying to make money. I was broke. Um, this job was what was, you know, sustaining me. And I just, again, didn't think the photography could ever be something that could really materialize to be a profession. So Right. Work was still, you know, my bread and butter. And even though I realized early on that I didn't know how I could ever work 50 plus years doing something for someone else, Right. I was just head down, focused on that. Um, so it wouldn't be until when I would say possibly my second year in corporate America, where I started like using PTO. to do photo projects and started um, 
putting a lot more time and emphasis and focus into my photography. I wouldn't say more than my job. I don't think that really came until like the past two, mm -hmm. two years where I started really putting it above work at times, mm -hmm. not completely, but at times, <laughs> just in case any prior coworkers <laughs> watch this. Um, but yeah, you know, I just always try to maintain that work-life balance. I was always completing, you know, work projects and assignments on time again that took precedence because quite frankly, my full-time job was funding my, you know, part-time job at the time, you know? Right. So I still need to make sure that those checks were flowing in, you know, that, you know, that Mr. Mr. Boss was, you know, happy and, you know, giving me good performance reviews so that I could continue doing what I wanted to do on the side. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be until I would say, my latter years in corporate America where I started to, you know, take on bigger projects that really took me away from my day job. So when was the official pivot? Cause I feel like the listeners know that I, I mean, I don't think it's weird, but I feel like anytime that I see like any black person and like they're thriving, like doing something, especially as it relates to like their creativity, like, I don't know. I just want to support in that way. So I feel like I remember reading the post when you were like ah like I'm I've been thinking about this I've been praying about this I'm gonna you know take a leap of faith and like leave but I know being an outsider there had to be a lot of thought that went into that so was there like a pivotal moment that you're like no like I'm was it a conversation was it like again a personal conversation you had with God was it like you know actually I'm just gonna it was a random Tuesday and you're like oh like I don't want to work anymore or at least do this I'm gonna go try that for the um... first time so I actually wanted to leave coming into 2020. I had I set a goal of leaving corporate by end of Q1. Okay. And if we know anything about 2020, end of Q1 is where shit hit the fan and the world completely went on its ass because right. of COVID. So I I had this one opportunity lined up that I thought would be the perfect segue for me from you know corporate to creative it was going to be this year long fellowship of sorts i remember it again yeah. I'm, that's is that weird that I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was really locked in i was really locked in i yeah. was really like hey, I'm on. Anyway. that's, that's <laughs> awesome um but i had this one you know like fellowship um that i thought was going to pan out and at the last second i found out that it didn't on top of that covid hit so i just took it as a sign like god is telling you all right relax be patient you know it's not the time so stuck through that year um I actually made a career pivot during that year within corporate and, you know, just continued working on the side with my photography. Um, that then fast forward another year to 2021, you know, I found my agents and I signed on. And even then I wasn't like fully convinced, like, okay, this is the time to, you know, take that leap. I was like, you know what, there's no rush. Let me, if anything, like the, the year before taught me that I should just continue going until I was really confident. Cause life can change in an instant and you want to be you want to have all your bases covered essentially right so i still st stuck through until october i got this amazing opportunity with showtime um it was uh, an ad campaign for a new show they were coming out with and it was in london um put in you know i had to like put in a treatment pitch myself meet the whole showtime team and i was like there's no way i'm gonna get this <laughs> like i'm still relatively youngest photographer i've never done a project at this scale of this magnitude and you know 
why would they ever choose me? But they did. Um, and that was God really, I, I really firmly believe that, that was God telling me that whatever doubts you have, you know, you need to really let that go because nothing's by happenstance. You know, everything that's happened has happened for a reason. Um, my journey up to that point, you know, again, it's nothing but God, nothing but a blessing for a self-taught photographer to one, be represented um, and to get the type of job that I got. And from that moment on, that's when I knew, all right, these are my final, final days in corporate. I didn't know how much longer, but I just knew that 2022 coming, it would happen at some point that year. So I guess after that, I just started gearing my mind to really prepping for, at that point, I also knew I was going to be moving to LA. Um, so I was like, all right, it's just a season of change, season of transformation, reaching that new goal, entering a new chapter. Um and I just started taking those steps first mentally, like mentally wrapping my head around the fact that, okay, <laughs> these constant checks are going to stop. They're going to need to. Um, two, you have to be a lot more, a lot wiser about how you're moving, about the things you're doing. You need to be a lot more intentional. Now, you know, life was on cruise control for the most part, you know, had a job, had a steady income, had everything on my ducks in a row. Now I'm really about to shake up my whole world. But it's for the it's for the best because this is for something that I really wanted to do mm -hmm. and was for a goal of mine at this point now for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um so I was like, all right, it's it's time. And coming into 2022 last year, I you know took a leave of absence from work to really, you know, kind of have that soft launch as to how it would look being full time. Mm -hmm. Um, but during a leave of absence, I was still getting paid, so I didn't really have a full full view but at least i could manage my schedule see how things would align um i came back to work for about two more months after my leave ended and in those two months i realized i could not come back i couldn't i couldn't do the day-to-day -day of corporate corporate work corporate life anymore and then i was like all right it's time so i set a date and i stuck to it and now here we are that was It'll be seven months in a week. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I just feel like I'm like in a, I'm in a space that I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do, I won't say some, well, I'll say something similar, but maybe not in case any of my coworkers mm -hmm. are listening to this either. <laughs> um, but that's just so cool. Like, it's very cool to hear that, like, you went through the thought process. I won't say like you were scared necessarily but like i'm just still nervous about like okay what is oh, definitely mean? scared um and you're doing yeah. it like you're actually doing it so are you are you happy are you i i'm at such peace you know um i was telling someone recently that like it's it's a it's such an amazing feeling when you know that you're working in your purpose and like working like, I don't even think that like, photography is fully my purpose, but I now know that I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the journey and I'm aligned with where I'm supposed to be. You just know within yourself, you know, within your heart, your spirit, your mind, when you're aligned with what you're supposed to be doing. And for so long, I felt misaligned, you know, and that feeling of misalignment, it can be so, at least for me, it was so heavy because it just felt like I was wasting life 
wasting right. my days, you know, um, not to sound so somber, um, but like, that's just, I'm a very logical, like if A equals B, B equals C, you know? So for me, it was like, all right, I feel like the point of life is to know what your purpose is and to go after it wholeheartedly. So for me to realize at least a piece of my purpose and a piece of that puzzle and to not be fully invested in that, it felt like I was doing myself a disservice and to now be in a space where that's no longer the case, you know, doesn't mean I don't have hard days or hard times. It just means that even those hard times are worth it or feel more worth it because I'm aligned with my purpose. Right. I'm aligned. I feel, you know, one with myself fully and a hundred percent, which is an amazing feeling to be honest. Right. And it, it reminds me of, um, I was having a conversation with my therapist and she was talking mm. about how I always say, like, I'm tired. Ah, like, ugh, another yeah. day. Like, I'm so tired. And she was like, do you ever, like, feel like maybe you're not tired, you're just unfulfilled? I was like, Anaya, why would you say that to me? <laughs> why would you say that to me? I might, I might need that referral. On a, on a random Wednesday. Like, why would you do Sheesh. that? And she was like, yeah, well, I mean, and again, like, you know, we have conversations. She's like, well, like, I feel like it's not a function of you being tired, like, you just really might be unfulfilled in what your what most of your time is going into. Hmm. Um, because she like, of course, is able to pull on like, oh, well, when you're doing X, Y, Z, like every single time that you're only talking about that in therapy or our sessions, like you're literally so happy and you're bouncing off the walls and you're just smiling and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about this, you're just, you're tired and you're just like, Ugh, no, like man. again, another day, another day yeah. working. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's somber. I think it's just a reality that a lot of people, especially in our generation, are experiencing currently. Because I even made a TikTok about it, um, explaining that concept, and like so many people are commenting, like, ah, oh, like maybe that is like what it is. Because I feel like I've been tired for the past five years. Facts. <laughs> like, Facts. Oh my gosh. So how are we all tired, and how can we all not be unfulfilled, and how can we all move towards fulfillment at the same time? I don't know. Um, but it's still like a scary thing to recognize that they're in, in working towards things that can be more fulfilling. You can't have on cruise control because as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you have to be on most of the time. Like you have to be intentional. Like you said, you have to be thinking about, you know, your next project or where is where, networking or like something you always are thinking about it. But I feel like, again, if you feel aligned that that stuff doesn't feel as much of like of, of a chore um, yeah. so there's so, pros and cons yeah yeah the way I see it it's like you're always working but it's you're also always living um right. and that wasn't something I felt like was the case when I was in corporate I felt like I was working and then living you know living outside of work right um but, but now being that I'm aligned and things are or I'm I'm working toward, towards what I want to do and who I want to be. It's now that I'm just living, you know. Um, work doesn't feel like work. At least I try not to make it. And that's another that's another sign that I probably shouldn't be doing something if it feels like work. Right. Um, but yeah. So you genuinely feel what do people say? My mom always says, like, ah, like once you find something that you love, you won't work a day in your life. You feel that way? Yeah. Yeah. Again, so many of life's cliches just start to hit differently now. <laughs> like honestly, like, and that's that's one of them. That's honestly one of them. It's it's true. You know, when you find what you love, 
you really don't work a day in your life. Like I, I really be sitting back and be thinking like, wow, this is, this is really my life, you know, through the good and the bad. It's like, it's my life. <laughs> this is my life, you know? Um, it's, it's a blessing. I don't take it for granted at all because, you know, I kind of realized part of my purpose at such a young age and that's not something that a lot of people realize in a lifetime right you know um so it's not to brag or boast but it's really just to acknowledge the blessing that it's that it's been to be able to know that okay so you've been an entrepreneur so what are some of your favorite things about entrepreneurship so next you said next week will be seven months so what do you like what are your likes and dislikes give me like three likes maybe one or two dislikes um three likes I guess it's a like and a dislike. Um, I manage my own time. So it's like being efficient, being productive. There's always this constant need to feel like you need to be productive, which I have to remind myself it's okay. You know, have have some grace with yourself. You can't be a hundred percent productive all the time. Um, as long as you're making strides, taking small steps, you know, you're 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 doing well. That's one thing. Second thing is, you know, I, I have this renewed sense of purpose. You know, I have re- this renewed sense of drive because, again, each day it's it's going towards me and my legacy. So I'm either working towards it or, you know, working against it. So I have to be mindful of that. Another like, um, hmm, I've been learning a lot more about myself. Okay. Um, I've been learning a lot more and getting to know myself a lot more um, because, you know, in a way it is kind of a lonely journey um, being in this space. Obviously, I'm finding community within the larger world, but on my own journey, you know, no one else can get me to the, des- the destination I'm trying to get to other than myself. Right. So um, because of that, I'm becoming a lot more one of myself. I'm starting to know more about myself. I'm starting to really, again, be intentional with myself, not only as a professional, but as a person, as a man. And that's, again, I guess that can also go into negative, you know, that can be scary, you know, having to deal with things that I've kind of pushed off to the side, you know, I can't do that anymore. I've got to face everything head on because I feel like every piece that makes up who I am is either contributing, again, either being contributing positive factor to my success or a detrimental one so i need to make sure that my mentals in the best form possible mm-hmm. i need to make sure that you know my character is lining up with who i really say i am um building discipline building you know persistence being a good person building patience <laughs> that's honestly been the hardest one is patience and that goes into another dislike is that just the visit that juxtaposition of where I am versus where I know I can be, where I want to be, um, where I will be, um, and that space in between. Because there's just there's just some things that you can't you can't rush, you can't fast track. Um and it's realizing that it's a journey and accepting that journey and just, you know, continuing to move along that journey. Um that's definitely one of the harder things to accept on this on this path. But I'm learning day by day. For sure. This might be left field, but I feel like, do you act, do you ever struggle with like celebrating yourself? I feel like you posted 
something. It was really cool. Hold on, wait, let me, again, this is really crazy how locked I am. Hold on a second. It was for, it had to do with the flowers. And I remember the last thing was like giving people their flowers. I think it had to do with like Valentine's Day. Maybe it was Mother's Day. Valentine's Day? No, it was, it was, um, it was a photo shoot that was in DC giving women their flowers. It was women that were, that made, that made a big difference in DC and the surrounding areas during COVID or during 2020. So, um, a friend of mine put together this, um, campaign of sorts called giving women their flowers mm-hmm. women with an x because they included transgender right. women as well right um and you know we put together a photo shoot where we literally gave these women their flowers and you know photographed them in a nice um setup so yes i did make a post about giving myself my own my, my own damn flowers right um and it is something i struggled with even at that point I hadn't really given given myself my flowers. Mm-hmm. Even now, I'm still learning to give myself my flowers to take that time to sit back and really digest what I've what I've accomplished right. again. Because I know where I want to be, and it's so far from where I am, or not so far, but like there's still a lot more for, that I know I want to do and I want to accomplish. Right. And I kind of use the idea of where I want to be and those and that level to discount where I am and everything I've done. And I'm starting to really rework that train of thought and realize that I've come a long way, Right. (laughs) you know, um, you know, just being here full time, quitting my job almost a year ago, that is a huge win. Mm -hmm. And because there was, there was a point in time earlier last year where I was really, really down on myself um it it got really dark mentally um and that was like in the early early stages of me taking the leap Mm -hmm. it just felt like everything was crumbling (laughs) like within the first two months I was like what the hell did I do what I get myself into like calling myself all sorts of names Mm -hmm. and the only way I could really get out of that space is to practice gratitude and like I always wonder what what do people mean when they say practice gratitude but it means really taking a moment and thinking about every single thing in my life that I should be thankful for. Even the things I take for granted, having a bed, you know, having clean water to drink, right? you know, waking up, having my vision, you know, very elementary things, all those little things, not even related to my photography, but just things in life that I just realized <laughs> you are blessed beyond measure. So what the hell are you worrying about? And then when you really do that, like truly do that. It makes you it makes you realize that the problems you're you think you have are so minuscule in the grand scheme of things. Right. Um so once I was able to do that with the smallest things in my life, the most basic things, then obviously things that related to my work and my craft seemed that much more magnanimous. It's like, oh shit, I did this. Oh wow, right. I really did that. You know, and I had to really like think about where I'm coming from and think about the tie of 2006 the title of 2016 and what he would think about the title of 2022 2023 um and when i again take a moment to really digest that it's like yo i've done a lot and i need to be mindful of that as i continue to try and do more right i completely agree and changing 
like you said, changing your mentality to really be grateful. I think something, I mean, I'm very thankful for my parents, but something my parents, especially my dad really ingrained in me is that you, if you don't have a health problem, like everything else is inconveniences. And he was like, they can feel like really big inconveniences. And it can feel even today before we started recording, I was like, ah, like a bunch of stuff happened in lab. And it was just like, ah, it was just so much. Yeah. But unless you legitimately have a health problem, everything else can most likely be like figured out and like dealt with. And I feel like once I was able to kind of change my mentality as it relates to that, and granted, I still, you know, struggle with it sometimes, but like you said, waking up with, with your vision, waking up, being able to breathe. I have very bad asthma. So like the fact that I haven't had an asthma attack in like years, like went to my allergist recently and she's like, I don't even think you have asthma anymore. And I was like, oh, that's possible. <laughs> that's, wow. crazy. that's crazy. Amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks God. That's dope. Yeah. But being able to really focus on like the small things and they're really not small, but they feel small. Like when mm. you're going through life, you're not paying attention to them. So I think that's really positive. And something else I wanted to comment on too is like, I think, again, as an outsider, being able to watch your journey and like watch. And when I say blow up, I mean, like, again, people had more eyes on you, you know, more eyes on your work and things like that. Um, and it it felt like almost like very fast to me. But I think sometimes in my life, when I keep getting like a bunch of wins, it almost becomes like the norm. So then when you mm. eventually get to like that lull period that like not too much is happening, that's when, you know, start things start to get dark because you're like, oh, my gosh, like did I do something wrong? Like what's going on? Why are things not happening? Or like, oh, like I haven't, you know, landed a deal recently, or I haven't been able to like meet as many cool people. Um, but being able to change your mindset and be like, okay, but I did do all those things like the past like few months. And like, I did do all those things and I have all that experience and I've grown as a person to get to this point. So yes, there's a lull currently, but I'm now even better set up for, you know, what is to come. Um, so it's something that I definitely struggle with as well. Um, and I think it's very interesting that, again, it's kind of like a like a universal experience. But I think also as like a Black creative too, those lulls hit or they at least they feel to me that they hit a little bit harder um, because it's like, OK, like, again, we're working a little bit extra in reality, a lot of it extra to get those things. So then when they're not happening, you're like, oh my gosh, like I had this thing going and like now it's like not doing exactly. what I wanted to. Exactly. Um, but I'm happy that you're able to get yourself out of that. And I know that it was most likely tough. So like I, as someone that appreciates your content so much, like I applaud you because I know that it can be difficult because I went through it myself. Um, yeah, no. Thank you. It's Thank you. being creative is like, it's like, a, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a sport, you know, um, <laughs> it's definitely a sport, you know, you got, you have to train, um, you have to work those muscles, but you also have to rest those muscles, you know? Right. Um, so we're all figuring it out as we go, you know, faking it till we make it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> now, towards the end of our episodes, we have something called the lightning round, which is basically a game of this or that. It's going to be five questions. You do not okay. have to give any explanation if you don't want to, but you also could give an explanation. It's very much up to you. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, I think so. <laughs> all right. I taking so. pictures or editing pictures? Taking pictures of who? Or just in general? In general, uh, I'm, I'm making it. See, I'm I'm, I'm too analytical. <laughs> um, ooh, editing pictures. Okay, uh, studio shoots or outdoor shoots? 
studio shoots. LA or the DMV? DMV. Behind the camera or in front of the camera? Behind. And film or digital? Ooh. These are all good. I threw that in. I, I literally looked at your page and Oof. was like, okay, what would be difficult for him to actually answer? Ooh. No, you've been on point with the questions. Um, <laughs> film. Okay. Because I feel like, again, um, was something about, about uh, I think maybe you got a film camera or something, but you were like, we're practicing with film more than, you usually yeah, shoot in yeah. digital. Everything is usually digital, right? Yeah, most of it. Most of it is digital. Right. Um, but if I could shoot film, I would definitely shoot a lot. Not if I could, but if in, I guess, client scenarios and like um, commissioned shoots, I could use film more. I definitely would because cool. it's just, I just, I just love it. I love the process. I love the look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Well, again, I really, really appreciate you taking time to talk with me. Um I don't know. It's very cool. I think one of my favorite things about doing this podcast in particular is being able to meet people that I really admire. And then it's even better when like they're actually dope people too. Cause like sometimes you can like look up to people or like you think that they're really cool. And then like, they're not that nice. You're like, Oh, this whole time (laughs) I was really supporting and like, you're like not a nice person, but that's clearly not the case with you. Um, I really appreciate like your humility, your calm demeanor um, and, and your, ability to be honest about things um it like really like humanizes you as a person because again when you see like the polished outside um finished product it's like wow like they're like a perfect person and they like they never have issues and like this is they clearly just have a vision like you know they're blessed um and that's still the case you are but being able to just you know sit back and be like wow like god's doing his thing (laughs) <laughs> and I'm just here he trying to do my best. Literally, you know, um, first of all, thank you so much. That means a lot. Um, it means the world to hear you say that. Um, and yeah, I, I, what I always tell people is that I'm just doing the best with every opportunity God gives me. You know, um, I wouldn't be here without him. <laughs> I'm only here because of him. And wherever I go, it's got to be because of him. So I always have to keep that in mind and realize that it's not on my, it's not on my own um, accord, not my own strengths, but the abilities that he's blessed me with. So that's how I feel about everything, to be honest. And that's Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for so much, so much for sharing your baby and your platform with me. Um, it was an honor. I'm glad we finally got to do it. You know, yes. everything happens <laughs> when it should, as it should. So I'm excited for this. Um, I can't wait to see the final product. Of and I wish you all the best, you know, in all your future interviews thank and you. the rest in general with your with your project and with your baby. Thank you. Thank you. And to the listeners, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, Tyo, where can we find you? Um, in the crib. <laughs> no, you can find <laughs> me on, um, on social media, Tyo Jr., T-A-Y-O-J-R. Um, on all, well, on Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, I, I don't really be on there. Um, really? Here what? and there. I'll be, I'll be posting some BTS here and there. But okay. honestly, the only time you, I'm on the app is when I'm posting. I rarely ever scroll. I need to do that. I feel like I should, but at the same time, I feel like I 
I would be very distracted if I got, if I became addicted to that as well. Right. Because like you said, you need to be more intentional with your time. So maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. But it's a cool app. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be frequenting it once in a while. But I think my, my username on there is Tayo Cuckoo Jr. So my full name, JR. Okay. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, I will put all of his information in the show notes. Um, again, thank you for tuning in. If you got to this point, please subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast so people can find us, hear these really great conversations, and I will see you all next week. Bye.